If you have your Bibles, I need you to turn to Joshua chapter 10. Joshua chapter 10, we're going to be picking up in verse number 6. We're going to cover that whole chapter. I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but we're going to make reference to it as we go through this message this morning. Joshua chapter 10, we're going to be picking up in verse number 6. Now, if you had to put a title on this morning's message, it would be a very simple title of Fear Them Not. Fear Them Not. We've already seen in uh, chapter 9 that there were some events. We're going to uh, fill in the blanks there for you in just a few moments. But in chapter 9, it sets up to what's been taking, is going to be taking place here in chapter 10. In chapter number 10, we see that the Gibeonites, uh, they are going to be under attack by the five Canaanite kings that have rallied together and they're going to come against them. We understand that in chapter 9 that uh, the Gibeonites... Uh, understood uh, the power of Joshua. They've heard about the victories that he had in Jericho. They heard of the victories that he had in Ai. And so they know that they're next in line. And so they uh, come up with a plan to trick Joshua. Uh, They understood the Word of God. It's interesting to me that even lost people can throw a scripture out now and then. Now, they might not have the right interpretation, but uh, they know a scripture. Here, the Gibeonites uh, found out, according to Deuteronomy chapter 7, that uh, the plan was that uh, Joshua, uh, they were supposed to defeat all uh, the other uh, provinces and cities there uh, in the promised land. And uh, in order, uh, while they did that, they were then allowed to go and get outside help uh, if they needed to. So the Gibeonites understood this, and so they devised a plan. Uh, they dressed, and uh, you'll see that in chapter 9 in your uh, quiet time. Take the time to read that. But they uh, made it appear that they were coming from a far country, even though they were just like 20 miles away. And so they come and they tell Joshua uh, that they wanted to make a treaty with him. And Joshua did not consult God, uh, did not pray about this matter. He just took these uh, men that came to him, took them at their word, and he went ahead and made a treaty with the Gibeonites. Now, he finds out a little bit later on that he'd been tricked. But according to uh, the Old Testament, uh, when you made a covenant, the covenant stuck. And so now Joshua is going to have to abide by this covenant. Now the reason why he got in the mess that he got in is because he did not consult God. The reason why many of you are in a battle and you've lost many of your battles uh, is because you haven't consulted God. You started doing things your way. You thought you were a little bit smarter. You thought you had arrived. And so you just took it upon yourself to fight that battle that you were having to face. And you too also have suffered defeat. But we also were going to see the wonderful grace of our Lord working in this. We're going to see that even though uh, that Joshua uh, messed up, 
He admitted that he messed up. See, some of us have problems with that, don't we? We mess up, but we don't want to admit it. Or we're going to blame somebody else. Joshua uh, admitted that he made a mistake. But here's what we are seeing that can work in our lives as well. Joshua not only admitted his mistakes, but he made his mistakes work for him. And we're fixing to see that in just a little bit. See, the grace of God uh, does not leave you when you mess up. Aren't you glad this morning... Some of you have lost some battles. Some of you are right in the midst of a battle. Aren't you glad that the grace of God will continue to be shown to you? And so here, look at verse number 6. And it says, And the men of Gibeon, they sent into Joshua uh, to the camp uh, to Gilgad, saying, Slack not thy hand uh, from thy servants, Come up to us quickly and save us and help us for all the kings of the Amorites that dwell in the mountains and are are, are gathered together against us. And so now the Gibeonites understand that they're fixing to be under attack by the five Canaanite kings. They go to Joshua... Remember, they have already made a treaty with Joshua under false pretense, but still, a promise is a promise. By the way, it would serve us well in our society today that we need to understand when you give a man your word, you ought to stick by your word. When you make a promise, you ought to fulfill that promise. Many of us don't, but aren't you glad that when God makes a promise, He never backs up on it. He always delivers his end of the deal. And so they go to him. There's about a a 25 mile uh, journey here. So Joshua, he ascended from Gilgad, he and all the men of war with him and all the mighty men of valor. Now look at verse number 8. And the Lord said unto Joshua, Here's the title for this morning's message. Fear them not, for I have delivered them into thy hand, and there shall not a man of them stand before thee. Oh, what a promise. What a promise for us this morning. Some of us are fighting a battle. Some of us are right smack dab in that battle. But I got good news for you. God has promised that you should not fear because He's already took care of the battle for you. Look at verse number 9. And Joshua therefore came unto them suddenly and went up from Gilgad all night. By God's grace, these next few moments that we have together, we're going to preach a message. Fear them not. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the encouragement. Lord, today, not only are we going to be encouraged, but we're going to be challenged. Lord, I know that 
there are many battles raging even now as I speak. Some are battling the flesh. Some are battling uh, sickness. Some are battling uh, a child that's gone wayward. Some are are battling a, a marriage that's in turmoil. But Lord, I pray today that each and every one of us would understand that we don't have to fight these battles. You can fight them for us. So Lord, I pray that you'll set somebody free today. There's somebody in bondage because they think they got to get through this thing. They think they have to take matters into their own hands as they're fighting this battle. Lord, I pray right now that you would just convict them. And Lord, that you would speak to their heart. And Lord, that every one of us, when we leave in just a few moments, every one of us will be able to say, Fear them not, for He has delivered us. Pray for that lost person today that really doesn't have any resources to fight the battle. They only have themselves. The flesh is weak. I pray today that they recognize a need of a Savior who will fight their battles for them. Lord, we thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you're going to do. And we pray it all in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. So here we see uh, that the Gibeonites are come, and now Joshua is having to go, and he's uh, having to fight the battle. Now, isn't it interesting as we've gone through this book of Joshua, it just seems like there's just one battle after the next. I mean, you know, it, it seems like they, uh, they get through the one battle. And they got the victory there in Jericho. Next thing they know, they've got another battle. And then uh, we see that not only do they uh, have victories, but they also had defeats. And so now, uh, don't you think, and we don't have any recorded, we don't know, this is all speculation, but don't you think that after a while, Joshua was saying, Lord, when are these battles going to stop? And if he was asked that question to the Lord, the Lord would give him this answer. They don't. They don't stop. As long as we're here, we're going to face battles. As long as we're here, we're going to have to battle. And and though here, we need to understand that we don't have to be defeated. If we just do what the Lord Jesus has told us to do, He will take care of those battles for us. But then as we look, uh, we see a number of things. First of all, we see the supernatural aspect of this battle. Notice here that uh, in verse number 8, uh, Joshua, uh, the Lord is talking to Joshua. And He tells Joshua, fear them not. We understand that as you're going through the battle, you can have the peace of God working for you. We see it many times. We see it in John chapter 14, uh, verse number 27. Uh, Jesus is speaking here. He says, uh, peace I leave you. Now understand in the context, in John 14, Jesus is on His way to His death. He's fixing to go and die for your sins and for my sins. And as He's having these last words, we also see it in uh, the, the beginning of chapter 14 of John. He says, peace I will leave you, my peace. 
And then he goes on and he says, If I leave you my peace, he says, Your heart will not be troubled and you will not be afraid. I don't know about you this morning, but as you're going through your battle, aren't you glad to know that you can have the peace of God residing in you and working for you as you're facing this battle? See, we got to stand upon the promises of God. God has promised you that He will give you peace. No matter what's going on in your life, you can have the peace that surpasses all understanding. Because He is the Prince of Peace. And if you have peace with God, you can have the peace of God. But you've got to have peace with God before you can have peace of God. Do I have a witness in the house? His peace will help you to go through this battle and he will help you have this victory. But as I already alluded to this morning, many of us, we don't have that peace because we do not know Jesus Christ is our personal Lord and Savior. This morning, you can come to know the King of, uh, the Prince of Peace. You can have a peace that we're talking about here. No matter what's going on in your life, Balcony, you need to understand. You can have the peace of God working in your life this morning. And the peace that will help you not necessarily not have to face the battle, but it will sustain you as you go through the battle. And so he, uh, we don't need to be learning on our own understanding. Proverbs chapter 3. Verse number 5 says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into their own understanding. And all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. I don't know about you, but some of the battles that we're going through, we really don't know what direction to turn. There's sometimes it just overwhelms us, does it not? As we're going through, we're, we're thinking, okay, what do I need to do? Where do I need to go? Here, Proverbs 3 tells us, you just acknowledge Him. You just call upon Him. He will direct your path. And when He directs your path, even though it's uncharted territory, if He directs your path, His paths always lead to victory. Amen. And so we see Joshua had the peace of God working for him. But notice, uh, we also see the power, starting with verse number 9. We see the power of God, especially in verses uh, uh, 10 and 11. Uh, We see that as they're fighting this battle, something supernatural starts to take place. I want you to know this morning that when you're facing a battle, the supernatural power of God can be exhibited in your life as well. The Bible says, hell storm came upon them. And it said that it killed many of the enemy. Now you're saying, wait wait a minute. You know, I've seen hell, but I mean, I've never seen it kill a man. I was starting to look about this and I, I came across and did some research that the largest hailstone that they have, has been recorded was found in 1970 in Kansas. And there was a hailstorm there 
And they found a stone that was one and a half pounds. Can you imagine getting hit by a pound and a half hailstone? But it's been recorded that's exactly what happened. Don't know of anybody uh, losing their life or anything like that. But in Revelation chapter number 16, we also see that there's going to be a hailstorm that will be uh, nowhere like the one in Kansas. In Revelation chapter 16, we see that there's going to be hailstones that will be, the Bible said, the weight of a talent. The weight of a talent is 75 pounds. Can you imagine being in a hailstone with 75 pound hailstones coming up on you? He says, well, that's pretty incredible. And it is. But you know what the real miracle here in this day of the battle for Joshua? It's not necessarily the hailstones that uh, kill the enemy off. It was that the hailstones only hit the enemy. Oh, there's a word here. <laughs> Some of you are going through a battle. And, you're, and, and you don't know what to do. And you, you're saying, I'm done. I, I, there's no way I'm going to be able to make it through that. I got good news for you, my dear friend. God can do something supernatural. And He will show and manifest His power upon your behalf. And He will take care of those enemies that you think you can't get rid of. There's somebody here this morning that's battling addiction. And you've done everything. You've been to rehab. You've done counseling. You've done everything you can. But my dear friend, you need to call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and supernatural something can happen to you and that enemy that you thought you could not defeat he'll defeat it for you oh somebody praise him in the house this morning glory to God God's working for us and he'll take care of our enemies but not only that but we see there's something else supernatural took place Joshua started to pray. Now, this was a very unusual prayer. He prayed for the sun to stand still. To lengthen that day. So that they could go ahead and finish this battle. Now, I don't know about you, but... That would just seem an odd prayer, would it not? It does to me. I mean, when's the last time you prayed and said, God, would you just go ahead and uh, just lengthen the day? By the way, He can do it even today. And so the Bible says that God answered the prayer of Joshua. Now notice what kind of prayer it was. It was a prayer of faith. My dear friend, when you pray and ask God to, to, to keep the, uh, the sun in place and lengthen the day, that's a prayer of faith. And here's what you need to understand. As you're facing your battle this morning, and as the enemy is closing in on you, you need to be praying in 
faith. You need to pray, God, I need you to do something supernatural in my life. See, there's somebody here that's battling a health issue. The doctors have pretty much given up on you. Uh, They've done everything they can. But I want you to know, God has the last say on that matter. And you need to be praying in faith. You need to ask, God, I need you to do something supernatural in my life. Because if you don't show up, I have no hope. But we have hope in the blessed Lord Jesus Christ that even though He may not heal you, He will ultimately heal you because the Bible tells us that when we die, we go to a place with a perfect body and we will worship for all eternity. I'm telling you this morning, you may be battling a health disease, but there's going to come a day. You just keep on praying. God is going to heal you and if He doesn't do it here, He'll do it up there. Oh, glory to God. We've sung about it. When He calls my name, I will rise. And when we go rise, we will have a perfect body and a perfect place. I'm telling you, somebody needs to ask God in faith, God, you need to do something. Then we also see, well, I just don't know about this. Well, we don't have to have all this other proof. The only proof that we need is that the Word of God said it happened. That's good enough for me. But we also see in Chinese writings, it talks about a day that the day was extended. We also see it in the Aztec and uh, Inca Indians uh, that they've come up uh, with some information that they refer to a day where the day was lengthened. We also see in Babylonian and Persian uh, writings, it talks about a day that's described here in Joshua. And we also see it uh, uh, there in Egypt, Heronius, who was a, a historian, he went and the priest took him and showed him temple records where it refers to a day like this. We all know that the Chaldean calendar is based on a lunar and solar eclipse. And if you take the Chaldean calendar and you uh, count forward uh, to this day that's in reference here, it comes up to be on a Tuesday, July the 22nd. But if you take that same calendar and you count backwards, you still come up with July 22nd, but it's Wednesday. There's a day missing. Now, I've already said we do not have to have scientific proof. The Word of God stands alone. And we accept it by faith. It happened. Well, Brother Mike, you know, I understand that, but scientifically, you know that the sun does not set or does not rise. We know that. But what God did here on this day was He slowed the rotation of the earth. Oh, wait a minute, Brother Mike. I've read some scientific reports here that if that happens, uh, everything goes into chaos because there's laws, uh, laws of nature, laws of gravity, laws of physics. And we understand all of that. We're, uh, we, we know what it says. But may I remind you that God can trump the laws that He's already set in place. See, He's the one that made the laws in the first place. 
And so I have no problem to understand that this prayer that Joshua prayed, God lengthened the day. It was a miracle. And we can go on. It was a miracle about the hailstorms. And we, we can go on and on and on about miracles. There are many who will say, well, I don't see any miracles going on today. Well, you haven't been looking around. May I remind you, here this morning, sitting in the pews, there are many in the balcony, there's many on the main floor, that you are a miracle. Because at one time, you were lost. Somebody, I'm getting all, somebody needs to get stirred on this one now. There, was, there are some of you that were doomed and destined for a place called hell. You didn't deserve the grace of God working in your life. You were going to bust hell wide open. But the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and His mercy and His love that endureth forever, He went and He spoke to your heart. He brought conviction upon your heart. And you can say whatever you want to say. I have a checkered plan. I have a colorful plan. Whatever the case may be, you are not dictated by your past because Jesus Christ has taken your past and He's wiped it clean and you are now a new creature creature in the Lord Jesus Christ. You were dead in your trespasses, but now you have new life in Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, look around you. There are miracles all through this building. Glory to God. You are a miracle. And so don't go and give me that. that he doesn't still do miracles. Yeah, he might not stop the sun. And he might not see a hailstorm like we were talking about, but God still does miracles. And there's somebody here this morning. You're saying, if God doesn't do something in my life, it's going to take a miracle. We're now, oh, my dear friend, is that what you're needing today? You come to the right place. Because He can still change your life. For all eternity. I don't care if you're here this morning and you're under the influence of a drug or alcohol. God can save you this morning. I don't care if you just worked late last night working the streets and you came in. God can save you. Many of you here today have been saved in glory to God. But may I remind you, and I need to be reminded as well, don't forget where God brought you from. Because there's somebody you may be sitting by that needs a touch from God and needs an encouragement of God. They need a miracle from God. And we need to uh, pray for them. And we need to say, God, here's another one. Would you just save them? Notice here. There was a supernatural aspect, but then there was a saint's aspect as well. We're dropped down now to verses 16 through 18. Notice here, the battle has been fought. Joshua takes those five kings and he puts them in a cave. And Joshua says for them to put a stone in front of the cave and to seal them in. Now watch this. going to take some time to develop this one. Here, the, the, the battle. The battle's taken care of. The five kings that were instrumental on getting uh, the warring armies together and were plotting against, he now takes them, puts them in a cave, and seals that cave off. 
Now, here, you're going through a battle. And what you need to do is you need to take those kings, those enemies, and you can go ahead and name your kings. And you need to have control over them. Are you, and then watch this. One of the fruits of the Spirit is temperance, which means self-control. If you're walking in the Spirit, and you're walking in faith, evidence will be coming out. And one of the evidence of having the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. But the only way you can have self-control is by giving Him, the Lord Jesus, control. See, see, if it was just self-control, many of you have already tried that. You, you, you got the self-help books out. And, uh, you went to a counselor. You went to a psychic. You've you, you done all this. You, you turned over a new leaf. You, you pulled yourself up by your bootstraps. You, you listened to positive thinking seminars. You did all this other stuff, and you're still being defeated. You're still in the midst of the battle that you don't know which way to turn. But what we have to understand is, first of all, you have to admit that you have those besetting sin or sins, and you need to get control. But the only way you can get control is by having Him in control. And when the Lord Jesus is taking control, then you can have self-control. See, the Holy Spirit that resides in you will help you uh, have self-control. That's the reason why that uh, many are not able to fight the battles is because they have not utilized the resources that God's already given us. So so he, He takes these kings and He shuts them up. That way he knows where they're at. But watch this. Watch how it develops. But then he comes in verse number 22. And he says, take those kings out of that cave. Now those kings represent that hidden sin that you've tucked away in your heart. You've kind of hid it back in there. Oh, brother Mike, I... I'm doing better. I'm doing better with it. Big like the man that just got saved and he was so proud. He was doing real well in his walk and went to the pastor. He says, uh, Pastor, I just want you to know I'm, I'm really maturing in my faith. And the pastor says, well, that's good. Well, tell me what's going on. He says, well, I, I, haven't, I haven't drank in over a year now. I got saved a year ago, hadn't touched a lick. No liquor, no nothing. Well, praise the Lord. Way to go, man. That, that is good. He says, and I've, uh, and I've quit chasing women. He says, you have? He says, sure have. I ain't chasing women no more. So the pastor's going, well, that's good, brother. That's good. You're doing real well. Now, I'm going to have to clean this next part up. But he says, you fill in the blanks. And he says, blank, I've just about quit cussing. 
But he was, he was happy. That's not what we're talking about here. Oh, you might be doing a little bit better. But you still have not surrendered total control of your life over the Lord Jesus. Why? Because you've got that hidden king in the cave of your heart. And you need to bring him out. Look what Joshua did. Joshua went ahead and brought them out. And notice, he put his foot on the back of his neck. Proverbs chapter 28 verse number 13 says that if you cover your sins, you will not prosper. But if you confess, you will have mercy. See, here's what you need to do this morning as you're facing this battle is that you need to go into the cave of your heart and bring those kings out and not just say, I have some control, but say, I have all control over them because I'm confessifying, I am repenting, I am saying, Lord Jesus, this is my sin and I want you to have it. I'm giving it to you. I repent and you've put your foot on the neck of that sin that's been hidden in your heart. When you do that, then God can come in and have control. If God does not have control, then you will not be able to get through this battle. But then notice, Joshua didn't stop there. Joshua went, and the Bible said he put to death every one of them. The Bible says that this flesh has been crucified. But the Bible also tells us there in Ephesians that you have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, what does that mean? That word filled is a continual act. You get filled only one time, amen? When you get saved, you get all the Holy Spirit that you need. See, don't go around saying, I just need some more Holy Spirit. Uh, and I've talked about it this morning in class that there are some who believe that you've got to have a second dose or a third dose. I'm telling you, just get one dose. If you get one dose of the Holy Ghost, that's all you need. He's giving you everything you need to be able to fight your battles and to be able to get through these uh, skirmishes and trials and tribulations that you're going to be facing. By the way, you're facing all the days of your life. You will not, uh, not have to struggle. There will be one day when you will not have to struggle and that's when the Lord Jesus calls you out of here until then we're going to struggle and so here it said uh, that the Holy Spirit filled you but because you are living in a defiled sinful dirty world we get dirty don't we and so it's a daily thing we have to daily feel it fill it up fill it up fill it up this morning, there's somebody here that's facing a battle that we don't even know. We don't know uh, the heartache it's brought to you. We don't, we don't know the sleepless nights that you spent. You're trying to face this battle. Your anxiety levels, you're going to the doctor and you're having to get medication for it. Maybe somebody's facing a battle of depression. Man, you just can't get through it. 
And, 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 and people that you know and love and they're well intent, but they tell you, says, oh, come on, man, get out of, come on, you can get better, you can do it, come on. You just, you just need to help yourself. My dear friend, we need to understand depression is a real issue. And you need to be careful. You need to be careful going around saying, well, you just need a little bit more faith. We are doing more damage. That, and I heard, well, if you just had a little more faith. Well, if that's the case, Mr. Spiritual, why you go to the doctor then? Apparently your faith ain't where it ought to be because you go to the doctor for your blood pressure. It's amazing to me. And I had to learn this, and this is not my nose. God just laid this on my heart. It's amazing to me that we'll go around when someone has a mental illness or, or some emotional issue that we think we ought to treat them different than someone who has a fear. I mean, you wouldn't go up to somebody and say, hey, just have a little faith. Uh, you have cancer. Well, hey, you just have a little faith. God will take care of that. How foolish that is. So why should we treat someone that's dealing with anxiety issues and depression issues and tell them things like that? I'm telling you, the Lord Jesus used doctors and He used nurses. He uses medication many times over. And we thank God for that. And, and, and I praise Him for that. But I, what I'm saying is, we got to be careful that we're telling somebody not to go see a doctor or we're telling them where you're just weak in your faith. They may have more faith than you have but having said all that before we have to go that route go to Jesus there's somebody here that's facing a battle that you don't think you're going to get out of it by the authority of the word of God you can make it. The Lord Jesus says, Fear them not. For I have delivered them. Oh, praise His wonderful name. Here's where we fail many times, and I'm including Mike in this, is my prayer life is pretty anemic. And many times we just pray for those things that are going to be kind of easy. And God's sitting up there and says, why don't you pray about this situation? Could it be that what we're saying is, is that I serve a small God. My dear friend, we serve a big God. And He can take care of your big problem this morning. Supernatural aspect. But believers, and if you're here this morning, you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. We have a part to play in this as well. The Lord's done everything He needs to do. The question for us this morning is, can we accept? Can we accept what He's done for us? That's when... We'll see victories when we just act upon what God's Word tells us. And by faith, we let Him direct our paths.